0: Hello and welcome to Move the Line, presented by 444.com. I'm Ryan Noonan. Joining me, as always, Connor Allen. Connor, what's going on, buddy? You, you look like your background tonight. You're uh, you're all you're repping the brand hard. I, I respect it.
1: Yeah, I, I was wearing a shirt that I was not proud of to wear on stream earlier, so I was like, oh, I gotta go throw on some Four for Four stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I'm do, I'm doing well. Just another day. We're almost done with the divisional preview, so um, you know. We're getting through them, and they're they're awesome. They're great for my process. Like heading into the season, and it's been great for me to kind of like go team by team, break everyone down. And we've had a lot of a lot of great guests on that have kind of swayed my opinion on some stuff.
0: Yeah, this is six of eight. We are excited to dig into this one. Kind of had to wait for this one. We had a lot of you know wouldn't have been uh, made a lot of sense to dive into the uh, NFC North before the Aaron Rodgers stuff had kind of laid itself out. But we are excited to bring on our guests this week to unpack it from a betting perspective. Uh, it is the man, one of the co-owners, head of analytics. His yards created is basically uh, just been really key in the industry in the last five six years. It is the man himself, Graham Barfield. Graham, welcome to the show, buddy.
2: Yo, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I don't know how you feel, but like when we go through these teams and divisions and stuff, like I feel like it's the best way to prepare for every season because you learn so much about. You know, how teams play out. Like, if you go team by team instead of player by player, uh, that's the way I like it. So, yeah, I've loved loved what you guys have been doing. And, uh, yeah, just happy to, to talk some ball with you guys tonight.
0: Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, you know, we get in, like, our our little niche, right, where it's the fantasy space or it's the betting space. And, we you know, we're talking ADP and we're talking players by position. But I feel like our goal really with this show in general and definitely in the divisional preview section is really just to be a football show. We just want to talk ball front to back. We're going to talk defense a little bit more. Like we're trying to really evaluate all the things more so than getting super granular like we will week by week where we're diving into matchups or stuff like that. This one tends to be more of a uh, macro view, and I think that that helps a lot too. So um, I want to tell you before we get kicked off about some of the cool things that we have going on over at 444 as the season approaches. We have a uh, betting subscription that is new to the site this year first time that we have it that is solo you can get that full price for $179 it is a tremendous deal especially when you look in the marketplace there's a lot of other stuff out there that gives you basically a, a quarter uh, of what they have available for like you know a couple hundred dollars more than that you can get literally everything on the site for 179 that's going to get you our dfs stuff uh, all of Paulson's rankings all the tools literally everything under the umbrella of 4x4 but you can get it for $35 if you are a new Picks user. You just go on to Picks, deposit $35, and you're going to get a uh, – use our promo code. We have it on the website. Lots of different ways to find it. We'll have it in our show notes today. you want to take advantage of that for sure. It is an incredible deal. Uh, we're also running a promotional giveaway to give away one of those betting subs. Connor, if you want to tell uh, the listeners how they can get a free betting sub this year. Yeah, so
1: just uh all you have to do is subscribe to the show and uh review it and you know rate and review it and send us a message and you'll be entered into a little lottery and we'll be doing a little live uh you know lottery picking on the show for the next few weeks leading up to the season and handing out free four or four betting subscriptions as we talked about valued at 180 dollars. all you got to do is rate and review so pretty easy to potentially win a free subscription
0: Yeah, good deal. Mostly Apple Podcasts. That's where the majority of you listen. I really appreciate that. Do the same thing on YouTube as well. We'll definitely check that out. Make sure that we're not missing anyone there and get you in the drawing too. That way you can take advantage of it. So, um, yeah, before we dig in, Connor, uh, overview of this division. I mean, obviously Packers, you know, back-to-back NFC Championship games. Rodgers is back. Everything looks to be copacetic there. Uh, Vikings on the come. You know, Bears, new quarterback. Uh, Lions, we'll get there uh, about the division? <laughs> uh man i mean
1: i think you summed it up pretty well it's a lot i think a lot of different teams a lot of like the uh some of the previous divisions there's been a lot of like mediocre teams or like two or three elite teams in some of the past divisions this one features i think you know an elite team in the packers two middling teams sort of in the vikings and bears and then you know probably a bottom two or three team in the nfl in the lions uh, which we'll break down further here in a bit
0: yeah we'll start with the packers um graham get your Thoughts on this one. Before we do, though, divisional uh, odds from our friends over at WinBat. Packers minus 145 to win the division. Uh, Vikings at plus 250. Bears are 4-1. to one. Lions are just 20-1, to one, shockingly. Uh, <laughs> seems like it should be significantly uh, higher. But uh, Packers, 10.5 is basically the win total number out there in the market everywhere. They are minus 360 to make the playoffs, um, plus 275 to not. You can get them at 6-1. to one to win the NFC, uh, 13-1 to win the entire thing. Like I said, it looks like the Aaron Rodgers offseason drama is behind them for now. Again, this is a team that is looking to go to a third consecutive NFC championship game. And basically, if they stay healthy, you would think that they have a good of a shot as really anyone in this division or even in this conference to get back there. A lot of continuity on both sides of the ball. They might need another, like, spite, MVP run from Rodgers to get there, but yeah. if anyone has like a, you know, a second spite MVP run in them, it seems like Rogers, Graham.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, <clears throat> you know, Rogers has like three of the top 10 seasons or maybe top 15 seasons of fantasy points per game already. And last year was another one of them. Uh, minus Minus one forty five is a nice price for Packers to win this division. I mean, that's like what's 50, probably like 58, 60% implied probability. Um, I'd go a little bit higher. Um, I've seen like minus 160, minus 175. So that's that's a nice price for the Packers here. And, um, you know, Vikings are, um, you know, they they got to improve that defense to really kind of compete with the Packers. But even if Rodgers doesn't have an MVP level season, I think that's a that's a pretty strong price for the Packers there.
0: Yeah, I don't know that a 9.1 touchdown percentage is no. sustainable for Rodgers. No. Um, but really like that, it's like, Devontae is basically a goal line back. Like they throw so much inside the five, um, but again, like I think that they can still regress and be a dominant offense. I mean, they led the league in every key metric, and some of them by like a large margin. Like EPA per play, EPA per drawback, DVOA, you know, points per drive, yards per drive. Like they were incredible last year, Connor. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Packers?
1: Yeah, I mean, they have so much top tier talent across the board. Really, only lost center uh, Corey. Uh, Kinsley, uh, but you know most analysts still project them to be a top ten offensive line or you know top fifteen. Uh, their defense could be a little bit better. ranked just 14th in EPA last season, um, but I, I think that they have the talent to take another step forward. Uh, but I think it really comes down to what you expect from this offense this season. We have some props. We talked about Rogers here, so the, the touchdown prop for him actually opened up at some sportsbooks at 39 and a half, was quickly bet under to 35 and a half, and now it sits around 35 and a half, 34 and a half, depending on the book. Um, Our projections done by, you know, uh, John Paulson have him actually at 39 touchdowns. Um, But again, like you guys mentioned, probably not going to repeat a career-high 9.6 touchdown rate. Um, And his career average, I think, was 6%. So you're probably looking at some kind of regression there. But again, like, you know, they don't want to run the ball in the goal line. Rodgers just chooses to kind of do his own thing. Uh, Do you have any take on, you know, Rodgers in terms of, like, that touchdown prop or anything, Graham?
2: Yeah, so last year, Rodgers, like, basically broke touchdown rate. He broke a lot of the touchdown stuff inside like the red zone. Uh, Rodgers had 29 touchdowns, 29 touchdowns, just inside of the 10. That's insane. I mean, that's like, I, I'd have to look it up. But I mean, that's like, that would be like in, the, in a normal season. That'd be like top eight or top 10, just in general. Um, you know, you kind of got to bake in a little bit, uh, a little bit more juice for the extra game this year, which is one thing I've actually noticed with the books is that some are much more efficient with that extra game. Um, I think that's about right. I I think uh, we've got Rodgers, I believe, somewhere around like 36, 37. So, you know, I'd probably lean towards the over, but I think that's a really efficient number. And, you know, it's so hard for touchdown rate to sustain year over year. I mean, that's like one of the most sticky regression stats that we have is like, you know, if a a quarterback, you know, I usually make the cutoff around like 6.5%. That's usually good enough for like a top five finish and touchdown rate. Um, You know, guys that, you know, throw for a touchdown, you know, six and a half percent of their attempts usually regress year over year by like, you know, one to two percent. And, you know, their touchdown total falls by, you know, five to six. So I think I think that's a pretty fair line. I mean, you know, Rogers is still one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league. Um, He's he's always been that guy. So, yeah, I'm kind of I'd lean I'd lean towards the over. But it's that's just a a really strong line, I think. And it was sharp that he got that down so quick.
0: And they brought in Amari Rogers, um, brought back Randall Cobb. Thankfully, for you know, for uh, Rogers' standpoints, those guys to supplement MVS, uh, Big Bob Tanyan, um Alan Lazard. Really, at the end of the day, like it's they're all ancillary pieces uh, in relation to what Devonte Adams is and will do and continue to be. And uh, you know, our numbers on him are really high. I mean, they're high in the prop market, but we are very bullish on him. In relation to the prop market as well, um, his prop number in yards basically everywhere is around 1,300, 11 touchdowns. We're comfortably over on both, Connor. What are your thoughts on Devonte in the prop market?
1: Yeah, so we, yeah, we have him at 1,460 uh, receiving yards and 14 touchdowns. I also tweeted out the other day, uh, right now on FanDuel, he's actually 13 to 1 to lead the league in receiving yards, which I thought was a bit light. He's more like 8 to 1, 9 to 1, and a lot of other sites. Uh, Led the league last year in receiving yards per game, uh, 98 yards per game, which is a 1,666-yard pace over 17 games if he plays a full season. So, I mean, that is comfortably over. Um, You know, my issue is that just taking these these huge numbers and overs in the 17-game season, like, I mean, hypothetically, this Packers team could be sitting in Week 17 and that, you know, taking these, like, players to play in that last game maybe isn't sharp. So I'm kind of off of it. I do think that he's going to explode. I would probably just rather have my exposure through fantasy rather than the prop market with Adams. Yeah.
0: Makes sense, Graham. What do you think?
2: Yeah, no, I think that's that's perfectly said. I mean, Adams is if, if we're expecting Rodgers to have some touchdown regression, Adams is going to be you know a big part of that because I mean, like you mentioned, I mean when they got inside the ten, inside the five, I mean it was he literally. It didn't matter if the defense knew it was coming. They were throwing the ball to, to Adams. They weren't giving it to Aaron Jones. So it'll be interesting to see if they kind of mix up that tendency because at, at the end of the day, I mean, like, you know, LaFleur has got to have a little bit more say about what they're doing when they're trying to get in close and, like, Rodgers just throwing to this guy on, you know, the most <laughs> obvious of situations probably isn't the most efficient thing to do.
0: Yeah, they had trouble stopping the last year, which is wild. Like, they just would run that, like, yeah. saw it a few times in the playoffs too, like just that pre-snap jet motion and just – no one, no one can cover him. He's just open right away. It's like we all know it's going there, and it's, it works so efficiently. That was one thing that worked last year, too. It was a pretty substantial jump in both pre stop motion and play action rate, too. So that's encouraging. We know that those are optimal things to do. Um, be interested to see if they continue with that trend. Defensively, there's a lot of winners on that side of the ball, too. Like They have multiple guys that are elite at their position. Jair Alexander, Daryl Savage, um, you know, Zadarius Smith, like just a lot of guys that are that are elite. They have a new defensive coordinator, Joe Barry's in town replacing Mike Pettin. Barry's been with the Rams the last few years. This is his third go-round as a defensive coordinator. Did not go great in Detroit and Washington before that. Uh, they're gonna need to get a little bit more of a pass rush, I think, up front if they're gonna be an elite defense. They don't have to be necessarily an elite defense when they have an elite offense, but again, if they're gonna take that next step, I think they'll need some strides defensively. I think six to one. To win the NFC is a pretty nice number. Um, I, I know that there are, you know, some teams that are definitely in the mix. We know that, that the Buccaneers have a pretty easy path to win that division. You know, obviously that makes things a little bit easier for them because their path to the playoffs is, is even easier. But uh, it's there's not a ton of value to it. But I, I was thinking it would probably be in the fives. So I like getting that number at six to one. Again, back to back years going in the championship game. They're there. They're in the mix. Um, there's not a lot that makes me think that they're not going to be back in the mix again this year. Um, any thoughts? I know Graham highlighted one, you know, liking the minus 145 thing, Connor. Any thoughts on the Packers going to the Super Bowl?
1: No, I think you guys have it about right. I mean, they're a premier team in the NFC. There's, I mean, I think that there are plenty of other teams that are, could take a step forward and compete, though, like, you know, the Cowboys, potentially, if their defense shows any semblance of being okay. You know, the Rams, projected project to take a big leap, 49ers, if, you know, Trey Lance pans out. But, again, there's a lot of ifs in those statements. And so, sure. uh, you know, the the packers i think are the most like if their defense pans out for the packers like they're an elite team but they already are a great great team that's going to compete the nfc no matter what so i think there's less uh less question marks surrounding them uh so yeah i don't mind it um it's not something that i'm like super excited about at six to one but i think it's probably a good bet
0: graham we are really bullish on aj Dillon. our our number is way higher than his prop number um we have his we're prop number basically six ninety. There's a seven hundred out there for rushing yards for Dylan. Um, we got him a tick over nine hundred yards, uh, and that seems aggressive to me. Uh, I know you know Paulson's really good at what he does. He's a Packers fan too. Like I feel like he's as dialed in here as he would be anywhere. So that mm-hmm. jumps out to me. What are your thoughts on AJ Dylan?
2: Yeah, I mean, so Jamal Williams has gotten anywhere between, you know, 105, 120, 125 carries um, the last couple of years, even with Aaron Jones in there. Um, so if you bake in that plus, you know, maybe a few more carries go his way because um, maybe, you know, LaFleur sees him as a better change of pace back to Jones or whatever. You know, we can bake in over a 17-game season, what, 145, 150 carries. Yeah, for him to get to that 900 number, it'd have to be really, really – really efficient. I mean, like J.K. Dobbins level
0: efficiency. Yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, I mean, I you know, for, you know, for, for fantasy, like I've, I've been drafting AJ Dillon quite a bit in basketball in like the eighth ninth round, just because, you know, you're going to get a few of those spike weeks. But um, for honestly, man, I've kind of stayed away for the Packers for, for props, just because, you know, their usage is just so condensed between Adams and Jones. And then Dylan will kind of be like that ancillary piece. Um, I guess the, the one guy I'm kind of most interested in would be Tunyon because I think I think they're uh, you know, LaFleur's been saying all off season that they're gonna try to get him more targets and he's another guy who's due for, for massive touchdown regression, but I think I think he's one guy that I'd be looking into to you know, kind of try to find some value on.
0: Okay, nice. Yeah, division as a whole, they play their non divisional schedules, NFC West and the AFC North this year. The Packers got the short end of the stick in the seventeenth game. Uh, added to the schedule this year, they they travel to uh, Kansas City, which is a, a rough add to the schedule. Um, playing Detroit twice helps any schedule overall. Um, they have a tough stretch beginning of week five. They play four out of five on the road, last one there on Kansas City. So they can get through that, it gets a little bit easier down the stretch when they start to find some momentum.
1: Yeah. One last bit on Dylan. Um, so, I actually was talking to Paulson about this like yesterday or the day before because uh, noon and when we were at dinner, we were arguing about AJ Dylan and his passing usage. and Paulson had it projected for a little over a catch, one catch per game. Um, and you know, we all thought that was a little bit high, uh, but now reports are coming out the last like week or so or a few days that have been like, oh, you know, AJ Dylan's actually been using the passing game. Yeah. Um, and that's something that for fantasy I think is interesting because as we saw, like, you know, uh, if Aaron, Aaron Jones is taken off the field for those, some of those passing situations for AJ Dillon, I think that that's really intriguing. Um, and I mean, Boston college, they just like, don't use running backs in the passing game. So I'm not really sure if he can't catch passes, you know, and that's always like the knock against running back, but he just, he did not in college. Like he yeah. did not catch passes at all. And I know that it has a pretty strong correlation to the pros in terms of catching passes uh, in college versus the pros, but, Still, I think that the way they showed or the way they showed that they used Jamal Williams, a guy who can do basically the same stuff as Aaron Jones, but just like worse. And they still used him in pretty much every way the same. uh, I think that it's promising for A.J. Dillon and like his potential usage. Um, Probably lean over on the prop as well, but kind of like what Graham said. I mean, we haven't projected for 190 carries, which is uh, a lot. So, Yeah. yeah, I think that for him to get to that 900 mark, it would take about that.
0: Yeah, seems aggressive, uh, but and maybe it's not fair. Like he looks like a dude that wouldn't catch passes, and that's like that's totally not fair. Like he's got that old school build. Yeah. He's you know he's a bigger guy. Typically, we see pass catchers be you know, maybe that more satellite scat back type. But yeah, maybe it's in there. And if he starts to get that niche role, we're all probably overdrafting Aaron Jones now, and maybe underdrafting Dylan as we have been probably all spring and, and summer. So. That looks like a purple Viking shirt, Graham. Oh. Uh, are we ready to go?
2: It is actually, yeah. I, <laughs> I swear to God, I did not plan this. I just had this on all day, so <laughs> I did not plan it, but it's uh, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> well, good, good transition. Are you? You're in Colorado now?
2: Yeah, I'm in Denver. Um, nice. Yeah, we, we moved from from LA uh, for a number of reasons, but yeah, we uh, we moved to Denver uh, in February. We, we love it so far. It's it's awesome.
0: Denver's yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah, between just like. You know, the mountains, the weather—it's kind of been
1: shit though. I mean, we've Got a bunch of smoke because <laughs> of the fires yeah. in California, but
0: yeah, it's um, crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah, we love it though.
0: Connor, you—you you were a Colorado guy.
1: Yeah, I—I I grew up in uh, around Boulder for a few years. Uh, okay. So yeah, yeah. nice, yeah. nice area. I like Colorado a lot. Boulder's
2: amazing. We've been up for like you know hikes up there. I mean, the the freaking Flatirons, like those hikes up in that little area are so so nice. It's such a it's such a cool little area. Mm-hmm. I wish
1: I went to college there. Did you go to CU? No, no, no. But it's one of my a few of my buddies live out there, so I, I go and visit them every once in a while, and uh, they lived like right on CU's campus, so that was
0: you know a lot of fun. Yeah, that's nice over
2: there. Well, next time you're around, uh, shoot me a DM. We'll, uh, yeah, have to get a beer
0: sign. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, my my sister just moved out of Castle Rock, which sucks because I was going pretty regularly, and I love it out there. And now yeah. she's in the death spiral that is Florida. Uh, who in the world moves from Colorado to Florida? Uh, <laughs> All right, we're going to get to your Vikings now. I don't know if you're a fan or not, but you're repping the the shirt today. Nine wins is the number everywhere. They are minus 130 to make the playoffs. Uh, Not to make the playoffs is plus 100. Uh, They are 22-1 to to win the NFC, 50-1 to to win the Super Bowl. Um, They were in the hunt for a playoff berth last year for most of the season. They had a really young defense that just got destroyed with injuries. I think Football Outsider had them, like, the third most adjusted games lost on the defensive side. Basically their entire front seven this year, like almost none of those guys played last year for either like injuries or COVID opt outs. And like, there'll be a revamped defense. You know that Zimmer's not going to have a bad defense two years in a row. Um, They continue to just get first round picks and draft offensive linemen. That seems to work though for them. Like they want to run the football and play defense I think the elephant in the room that we kind of have to talk about with the Vikings beforehand. And I could not care less about anyone's opinion about the vaccine. Do what you want to do. It's your friggin' body. I could give two shits. But we know that the Vikings quarterback is not getting vaccinated. And this is just a different thing from a football standpoint. We have to talk about it. Not from a judgment standpoint, but from a... He might not get 17 games in because it's just going to be significantly harder to dodge what's going on in the world. And knowing this new protocol that the NFL is a private entity can lay out there. These are the parameters and these are what's happening. uh, Kirk Cousins is kind of like we have to kind of tackle that piece first. So, uh, Connor, what are your thoughts on the Cousins situation and the Vikings as a whole?
1: Um, so I, I do like the, the Vikings, right? I, you know, I did like them. I took some over eight and a half wins early in the season. I mean, their defense was just terrible last year, 25th in EPA, but they spent most of free agency trying to fix it. Added Patrick Peterson, Dalvin Tomlinson, Xavier Woods, Mackenzie Alexander. Um, you know, they play a pretty middle of the road schedule, but you know, the Lions are going to be bad. I think the bears are going to be up and down as well. Um, and their offense last year was pretty efficient. 10th in EPA, ninth in passing EPA added Christian Derrissaw in the first round offensive lineman. Um, and which, I mean, there were 26 and adjusted sack rate allowed last year. So that's pretty tough. They obviously need to improve that. Um, I, the, the Kirk question is, you know, a good one, but for me right now, you know, like I have my futures. Or I bet uh, over at eight and a half, it's a city at nine. I'm not touching it at nine. I think that they're above a 500 team. Um, but like you said, I mean, that does give me some concern. Um, I mean, hopefully he stays in his plexiglass for, you know, every, uh, <laughs> <laughs> during every meeting or whatever, whatever that he thinks is going to help him. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things where I'm not really hitting Vikings futures at the moment anyway. So, like, I'll just kind of go game by game in season and figure it out from there.
0: Yeah. Are there values in his under, specifically his props? Like, I mean, are they still under?
1: are they still up, I guess? Or, yeah. Like, we, I mean, well, the issue is we have. So he, his prop market is 4,200 passing yards. 4,050 passing yards is like the lowest you can find. We've projected for 4,600. So you know if we had him projected under and with the potential to miss games, I think I would like the under. But since we haven't projected like comfortably over his mark, uh, I'm probably just kind of out on that. So
0: makes sense. Yeah, I think if i I believe Paulson's process involves. Uh, I'd like to hear Graham's. Cause I know that um, you know he's the analyst guy at Fantasy Points. Um, I believe quarterbacks he projects for 17, and for the most part, he's baking in 15 for skill position players, especially running backs. Yeah. Um, so you know, that, I think that matters too. I mean, if we if we get into a spot where you're missing games multiple, that that yeah. impacts that number massively.
2: Yeah, my my thing is, you know, we we haven't made an adjustment for cousins. Like, you know, last year before we even had the vaccine, we weren't making you know adjustments. We knew intuitively that that you know situations would pop up, but like um yeah we we haven't made an adjustment we've got cousins right around that you said 4600 connor yeah yeah we've got them just a skosh under that it's like right like right under that so um yeah i i just you know the, the vikings have kind of been like the packers for me like i'm i'm a value headhunter and both of those teams because they're so condensed between you know the vikings cook and Thielen and jefferson with the with the packers is jones and, and adams like I, I just don't i mean th- those guys just like cannibalize so much of the yardage and and uh and touchdowns and stuff i've kind of kind of stayed away from both of those teams but um but yeah Packer's eight and a half that's a nice kid i think i think uh our guy tom brawley he's our betting guy over at the site he was on uh vikings at eight and a half and i'm i'm with you i wouldn't touch it at nine like that's that's uh yeah that's that's a little too
1: too pressing. yeah cause like i think nine and eight is just like very much like a reasonable or you know, i would even say like you know like a fortieth percentile outcome for this Vikings yeah. team, um, yeah. so I thought they were valued at eight and a half. At nine, you're asking them to win ten games, and you know, yep. that'd be whatever ten and seven. Yeah, uh, no, that's sure. yeah, it's probably that's a bit aggressive.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love, like the eight and a half. It's, I'm with you. That's a good number because there's so much, even without the cousin stuff. You know, even if it's Kellen Mond season, like our boy Sal wants. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's just so much optimism for you know positive regression. Like you had special teams is never bad under Zimmer. They were really bad last year. A lot of that was like Dan Bailey missed a lot of like key kicks, uh, extra points. Like there's just a lot of stuff that didn't, it's just not typical uh, on a Zimmer coach team. I believe they were like bottom two or three in average field position. Like those things aren't typical uh, for a Zimmer team. So some of those things, again, we talked about at the top, like all the defensive injuries, They were young defense, they've addressed some, some of those holes. Um, They, they have a lot of answers, if things go well. So my,
2: my biggest concern is I think that I'm with you. I think the defense is going to be much better. Christian Darasaw hasn't practiced, man. Like he's, he is like Zimmer made this kind of like thinly veiled comment that he's like not close right now. And that was my concern going into last year is this offensive line is, is not going to be very good. And I mean, we saw that against like, you know, teams when they played the box. I mean, if they got, you know, if they played, you know, played against an aggressive front seven, or played against a very good front four. I mean that that front five was bad, like real bad. And I think they're they're like hoping that Dariusaw can get back by week one. But that's the thing with these rookies, man. Is like you know, it's even if the injury is like somewhat minor and it wouldn't necessarily cause them to to miss games during the season if they had it during the season. Um, you know, all that missed practice time and all those missed reps are just massive. Especially when they're expecting to be left tackle. Like that's yeah. that's massive.
0: A left tackle rookie. You know, that's a good point. Like they're first in like run blocking rate, but like 26th in pass yeah. blocking rate. Like they, they couldn't keep cousins scheme. up. That's yeah. all
2: scheme. That's all Kubiak scheme, and now his his son Clint's gonna gonna yeah. run the scheme. So they're gonna run it back with the same zone stuff. But yeah, I mean their their pass protection was was god awful last year.
0: Yeah, they'll have to do it and run it back. Uh, we have some props here that are worth talking about. I mean, the Justin Jefferson sounds like things there. You know, with the injury in camp uh, on Friday. Sounds like he should be fine. Good to go. As Graham's mentioned, like super condensed target tree here with just, you know, Jefferson feeling, we should probably see maybe a little bit more Irv Smith. Now that Kyle Rudolph is gone. Uh, there was a little bit more Tyler Conklin than you would want. Maybe down the stretch last year, you we were thinking, you know, that he was going to emerge when there was an injury there, but they utilized cook in, in the passing game quite a bit. They just, no team got less out of their third receiver last year than minnesota did and they don't really have a clear guy to step into that too makes things pretty easy again not a lot of depth though if something were to happen uh how about some of the prop numbers that we have out there currently connor um cook and Thielen in particular
1: um i actually took some uh so Dalvin cook's prop across the board right now is a 1375 uh but if you you know bet at any offshores i found like a rogue like 1475 or like 1500 rushing yards Jeez. uh i took the under on that our projections right now have met. 1,134, and that bakes in him missing two games. But, I mean, uh, you know, he's played 4, 10, 14, and 14 games in his career. Like, you can almost, like, guarantee he's going to miss, like, two, three games. And I know that he was, you know, still crushed last year. And I like Dalvin Cook, and I think that, you know, he's a great pick in fantasy. But, um, you know, you're betting on a running back to stay healthy. Uh, and Like you mentioned, the offensive line may not be any better. So it's kind of just like one of those things where, could he repeat last year? Sure. But, you know, he has to be healthy and he has to continue to ball out. Uh, and that's something that I'm willing to bet against at a number like 1,500. Um, 1,375, I'm probably going to just stand away.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of expectations, Graham, around Thielen regressing as far as touchdowns go. And it makes sense. Like, it was probably an unsustainable rate, but it seemed to be in a very similar way. Like we talked about with Devontae Adams, it was schemed. Like, they are intentional about using him and targeting him down there. So I think at the beginning of maybe – draft season when we we're starting best balls, i thought there was maybe a little bit of an overreaction to an expected regression there again because there's just such a limited number of guys here that are impactful so what are your thoughts on Thielen in the passing game
2: yeah i'm with you and i still think it's i still think it's overreacted i mean we as a site we've been much higher on Thielen. i've had Thielen in like way higher in my best ball rankings above above the market um you know Some of it was, some of it was schemed. I also think some of it was just purely random. I mean, Thielen had like uh, 20, I think he had 21 end zone targets. I'm going off the top of my head. I think he had 20 or 21 last year. Jefferson had like three or maybe six or something like that. I mean, it was, it was like a huge golf. So I do think that tightens up just a little bit. Just again, some of that stuff is random because it's such a small sample. But I also, I'm with you. I think some of that was schemed. I mean, when they would get inside the 10, I mean, Thielen was, you know, the, the number one there. Um, but yeah, for fantasy man, I, like Adam Thielen at a two and a half round discount from Justin Jefferson, and I, I love Justin Jefferson, I, I have him in a bunch of dynasty leagues. I just drafted him another dynasty league a couple days ago. Um, I love Jefferson, but man, it's like for for this year, like Thielen and Jefferson need to be need to be pinched, and you don't really see that in the industry. I mean, you see Jefferson going at like wide receiver eight, and then uh, Thielen going in you know wide receiver. 17 to 23 range just depends on what room you're in but, but yeah i mean like i said off the top i i've kind of just stayed away from the vikings for props just because i mean it's so so tight with with all these two guys i mean but jefferson and thielen both get like 52 percent of the targets and like 50 mm-hmm. to you know like 60 to 70 percent of the air yards i mean it's it's crazy I mean, it's crazy we know, where the, we know where the ball is going here yeah and all yeah, the, I mean, all the books all the books do too i mean you don't get any good numbers
0: yeah, it's tough at this point. I mean, it's hard not to be bullish on Jefferson. I think he was second in the league in yards per route run last year behind Devontae Adams, like, as a rookie. And it's just an insane, an insane first debut season uh, coming out. So I, I feel like we kind of established, like, if you would have had an 8.5 and, and if maybe 8.5 pop out in the marketplace again from a win total in the Vikings, I think we all agree that, you know, getting on that side of it makes a lot of sense, taking it over, probably stay away for now. Um You know, I'm interested to kind of track some of the stuff as far as, you know, if we start to see, again, more little outbreaks or, you know, there's some more stuff happening in camp with that, like I'm worried about the cousin stuff um, as far as him getting to the 17 games. Because if we're looking at 15, 16 games, there's some value on taking the under um, on, you know, we're pretty, we're basically, we're already under on his touchdown prop to begin with without any extra missed games. We have him at 26 and a half. Uh, out there in the books for finding 28 and a half mostly. So that could be yeah. a play for me by the time uh, season rolls around.
2: Real, real quick, have you guys – what's the number on Jefferson? Because most of the books that I've got out here, they've taken that down because of the injury. Um, what's the last number on Jefferson for
1: his or I, yards? I still got uh, – I think it was 12, 25, and eight and a half touchdowns. Let me double check that though. Um, okay. But, yeah, it was off. Yeah. They took it off since that injury. I was just curious. Uh, yeah, okay. So it looks like uh, – yeah – I don't know if maybe if our thing slowed upload here, but it was like twelve twenty five was at points bet for a while, and then thirteen seventy five was the highest at Fandle. Um Our projections have them pretty comfortably over that at like fourteen hundred. I'm not sure if those are still on the board, but yeah, I think this thing up, updates pretty frequently here. So yeah, um, yeah, we've got we've got them around fourteen hundred too. Yeah, so yeah.
2: I might, if those pop back up, I might get on that if that if that's the that's the one thing is Jefferson. I I think he has the chance to leave the league in receiving this year. I mean, Mm -hmm. he might, he might score only six, seven, eight touchdowns, but man, I mean, the dude is just insanely, insanely explosive and just like almost uncoverable. So like, that's, that's the one thing. Once those, once those Jefferson props come back up, I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking into those.
0: Yeah. It looks like he's got a number of, yeah, that points bet. Looks like that's still up there. Sal, can you toss that up there by chance? Uh, take a look at our player prop tool that we have over on the site. This is again part of our our paid subscription um, and our bet sub. I mean, I'm throwing this at Sal last minute, but we can take a look at it here.
1: Yeah, I can. I can put it up if uh, you want to. Let me share the screen here. Give me a second, uh, Jefferson. Do you want me to load up Illinois or New Jersey?
0: <laughs> oh, I just, it K yeah. popped up in New Jersey. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Um, all right, let me see. Number's the same. Yeah, I don't know if this is. But New Jersey gives us more books, so just want to make sure we're not missing it anywhere else because uh, this should be live.
1: Yeah, uh, and we have our receiving touchdowns thing right here as well. Yeah, uh, they've pulled they've pulled all of it here in
2: Colorado. I haven't seen yeah. Any, any.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so here's numbers. our here's our tool there. Uh, so we have uh, Justin Jefferson. We have under on the receiving touchdowns, actually, and over on the receiving yards, which is interesting. Um, we have, as you can see right here, it's like seventeen percent over on the receiving yards, thirteen percent value based on. Um, you know, kind of how receiving yards fluctuate there.
0: Um, so
1: yeah, pretty pretty interesting. I, I don't know. I kind of lean over, but the injury is a little scary there. I think.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, we're not typically recommending touchdown props, especially over on touchdown props, very often. Anyway, it's not something that we uh, we do on the show. If your tout is a touchdown pro- tout specialist, get a new tout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or <laughs> uh, like. <laughs> so. But yeah, I, I think you know yards and things like that are a lot more predictive and uh, you know yeah. sticky year to year. We can understand that a little bit better, so it makes sense to, to look at that number. It looks like Bet MGM and and points better out
2: there. So yeah, I I literally don't even look at touchdown props. Like I'll look at them for quarterbacks, but like other than that, it's just
0: yeah yeah. We were not, talking about I'm this with, to... with Silva the other day. Like, there's a reason when you sign into the DK app. Yep. Yep. That those touchdown props are the first thing that <laughs> pop up there. Yeah, they know that they're fish bets. <laughs> uh, they're fun, like uh, I'd imagine. Uh, bet, bet, I mean, UK. you're telling me
1: you've, you've never parlayed touchdown props before in your life, like drunkenly okay. done it? Yeah, it's so fun. It is I, a blast.
0: Uh, you know that I am a absolute parlay uh, correlated prop donkey i love it it's so much fun i never have a touchdown in there almost yeah. never like last year you could, you know it made sense where you get to a point where like Devonte was catching one every week but it was like minus 250 like just an insane juice yeah. on, a, on a touchdown like it, it's it's wild so that D- no that
2: dk marketing team knows what they're doing man they know they what know they're exactly doing. what they're doing they just
1: added that same game parlay thing uh it's about to get real this year. It's about to get real. <laughs> I mean, mostly, you know, a couple drinks in me, and, you know, the, the account might be a little rough in the, in the morning.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Back in the day, when, you know, before we had, you know, all the live books here, like Friday nights, i just – Connor and I would be DMing, like, screenshots of, you know, Avada <laughs> and Bet Online, I'm Like, look what uh, so, you
1: can do. Like, look at this yeah. one. Like,
0: yeah, so they're going to take our money uh, legally now, and it's uh, smart on DraftKings to get those in there.
2: But look at how we've advanced. I have not logged into Bovada in like months. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's so, it's so nice. It's amazing. It's incredible
1: having legal sports books. Seriously. Yeah. Until they limit you. But, you know, thankfully True. we can True. avoid that for now. SB, the, by the way, the move from DK's from Canby to SB Tech has been fantastic. I have not been limited on a prop. They send every single one of my bets to, to review. So I'm scared that one day I'm just going to try and put like a lot of money on something and they're going to chop it. But... So far, they have not, um, which has been cool.
0: Is that Patrick Williams bet a couple of years I, ago? I
1: know, and that but Cambi it, it was it was because Cambi owned it, and then now like it reset because SBTech Tech uh, redo running their odds. So it's been good, and I've heard some other like smart guys like Hitman as well. Like he was like basically he was getting like ten dollar limits on you know everything, and now he's back to be, being able to put like you know a couple hundred bucks on pretty much every prop. So
0: it's good. To not know. bad. Yeah, not bad. All right, we'll keep it moving with the Bears. Uh, Seven and a half is the number everywhere. They are plus 175 to make the playoffs. Not to make the playoffs is minus 240. 35 to 1 to win the NFC. 65 to 1 to win the entire thing. Uh, Interesting season for the Bears. I mean, they've injected tangible level of optimism in the city uh, and their fan base by selecting Justin Fields, basically uh, having – somewhat of a pulse of the quarterback position which they haven't had for a while pre-draft they went out and acquired Andy Dalton they've told everyone he was the QB one uh, And early indications at least as it relates to week one first half against the Rams that seems to still be the case that Dalton will be under center it's an interesting situation with GM Ryan Pace and head coach Matt Nagy basically looking to keep their jobs next year uh, how long do they go with Dalton when it looks like there's really nothing that fields other than obviously a lack of experience, which is a massive thing um, you can do better than, than Justin Fields can. So um, they have a glaring lack of depth on both sides of the ball. Um, that is what comes with the cost of basically, you know, they traded for Khalil Mack a few years ago. They have now traded up into the first round for a quarterback twice in the last four years. That, has a slow trickle-down effect to the rest of the 53-man roster. Uh, there's just not a lot of depth on this football team. Graham, give me your thoughts on the Bears.
2: Yeah, there's not. And, and you know, that's the thing is, like, you know, their offensive line has been a massive concern. I'm concerned about it again this offseason. I mean, Pace has just kind of shrugged his shoulders and just neglected it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting conundrum, right, because on the one hand – you know, Pace and Nagy, they're fighting for the jobs right now. You know, they want to prove that they got the Justin Fields trade up right. Um, you know, Pace has got to justify him, uh, you know, moving all those future draft picks up for up Fields. Um, but on the flip side, they might feel like they can start winning games early with Dalton. I mean, I don't really understand the rationale there, but I, I kind of, my, my train of thought with both Fields and Lance. Is that you don't trade all those future picks to let those rookies sit on the bench, and that's kind of where I'm at with Fields. I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna roll with him pretty early, and um, I think it makes more sense to play with Fields early, considering you know if that offensive line is gonna suck again. You want somebody who can move back there, and not be a statue. And Dalton has always been a statue, so yeah, I, I think we're gonna see Fields. I think we're gonna see Fields pretty early.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, uh, Connor Dagle is adamant that he thinks that. Field starts the second half of that Rams game. Like, he had his – he's willing to die on. Um, what are your thoughts here? And I don't disagree with him. I mean, we've seen this in the past. Like, I think it was the Texans with with, uh, with Deshaun Watson. Like, he didn't start game one, but he came out and he was the quarterback in the, like, second half of, of game one. And then, you know, the rest is uh, – it was history there. But what are your thoughts on the quarterback position and the Bears? Uh,
1: yeah, so the – I think that if we go through the schedule here uh, real quick – Dude, it's messing up here. Uh, so, if we go through the schedule here real quick, um, so they play the Rams week one. I think very well he could be, you know, thrown in there in the second half. But if we kind of keep going and assume that the Bears, you know, stubbornly kind of stick it out, but the Bengals in week two, so you know, Dalton's probably not going to get benched there. Week three, the Brown or week three the Browns. So I think that's another tough challenge for Dalton. Uh, weeks four and five, Lions and Raiders. Um, you know, not much of a challenge. So, really, if he makes best the first few three weeks, like he'll probably make it to week six. But then, then things get dicey. He got, he's got the Packers at the Buccaneers against the 49ers and then the Steelers all leading up to their bye. If Dalton survives that, I mean, that is, you know, that's just like murderer's row right before the bye. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe if they're playing so poorly that they don't think they can win, they'll wait to play fields until then. But uh, really, I mean, like you guys, like you said, like they're, they're playing for their job. You know, like this is like they got to make decisions to save themselves. And I think that Justin Fields actually could save Ryan Pace's career uh, potentially in the long term. And I think it was like just such an awesome pick for him. And, you know, I've been definitely pretty harsh on Pace myself, but I thought that that was just such a smart move. And I hope that it pans out. And I think that hopefully they start in like week two and that Dalton just sucks against the Rams. I'm interested in actually the Rams minus seven week one already potentially. As long as we get the confirmation that Dalton is starting in week one, I will be laying the minus seven with the Rams uh, against the Bears because – they're just better in all facets, and I'm very down on Dalton um, as the starter in Chicago. Yeah, pace Pace had a great draft, man. Kevin Jenkins
2: was a great pick too, and I know he's hurt, just like Darius saw. But that Jenkins pick was was fantastic. I mean, uh, you know, beyond the Jenkins pick, they haven't really done much on the offensive line. But I mean, you know, I think that was a, a pretty significant value on jenkins i mean i had some props on jenkins as a first round first round pick the offensive line that didn't go he so was
0: though well, he but. was mocked there a lot especially yeah, late yeah. in that 20 mid 20s S- like some sharp
2: some sharp mocks too like guys that like actually yeah. plugged in so that was I mean, certainly a good value for for the tackle
0: same situation though like he was he was a run blocking machine at oklahoma state wasn't necessarily as strong grading out wise as a pass protector. He's going to step in a left tackle and now he's not practicing. Like again, similar to the Dareshaw piece, like you need these guys out there, rookie snaps, especially when they're playing such a vital, vital position. So we'll see. I mean, again, not a lot of depth anywhere. Like Allen Robinson's an alpha indisputable. He's a stud. Hopefully he gets fields. He gets finally a little bit of, you know, uh, above average quarterback play. Uh, You know, Darnell Mooney, they're expecting a lot out of. Cole Komet, they're expecting to take a step forward. But, like, after Mooney, like, there's not a lot there. Like Graham mentioned, like, the offensive line, very weak if they have injuries. Like, they have a lot of guys that have have been kind of journeymen or have tried and failed at the position. Like, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of, you know, big plan to be able to step forward. Um, You know, we have also, they have David Montgomery, Great year last year, but it was such a unique thing. There was really no one else behind him. He was dominating touches with, uh, you know, three Cohen out. Cohen should be back. It looks like another guy not really practicing yet, but they went out and added Damian Williams. Last time we saw him, he was getting robbed for the Super Bowl MVP. Like, he was absolutely dominant. I'll be interested to see I know Connor has a David Montgomery fathead over his bed at night you know, helps him uh, go to sleep. So what are your thoughts on David oh Montgomery this year, God. buddy? Okay. You know what? No, I was happy,
1: happy that I believed in him and that, you know, the haters were very anti David Montgomery, but you know, he makes guys miss and I was a big fan. Where were you on yards created by the way on him, Graham? Uh, I'm actually yeah. curious to know. I know he didn't run away from guys, but you know, yeah. oftentimes he had to create a lot in the backfield and, you know, maybe he'd only get a yard, but uh, you know, <laughs> he would be hit like three yards behind the line.
2: Yeah, yeah, his miss tackle numbers were awesome coming out of uh, Iowa State. But yeah, he he's always been a guy that's like you know he's very shifty, but he mm-hmm. doesn't have like a lot of like that that burst you know within two to four yards. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean that's the thing though is like yeah that that you know that kind of miss tackling prowess is, uh has is always been his calling card.
1: Yeah, I mean that that one uh, long touchdown run that he had uh, against the Texans last year, I just like couldn't believe it. You know, I was like, no way, he runs away from all these guys, and just yeah. like no one caught him. And I was like, yeah. this is shocking because the first like I don't know a few weeks of the season, we were just ripping on him how he couldn't run away from anyone, and like I don't even think he did ever in Iowa State. Like you know, there's always just yeah. like That's you know future game. future accountants catching up to him. You know what I mean? And like <laughs> yeah. it was. <laughs> and, and now now he's like you know just busting away from the texans you know it's definitely an indictment on uh them as well in the future but um i don't know i mean montgomery i think is interesting in fantasy like you said as long as cohen is out but our projections have been 9.2 touchdowns 837 rushing yards i have no idea how much damian williams is going to play i just like you know i'm willing to admit that just straight up i he could play a lot he play like nothing and you know i just don't know so that's kind of why I think that he's a, a good, volatile fantasy pick, like, for upside. You know, even though no people say he doesn't have upside, but he does because, you know, we saw it at the end of last year. He definitely has upside. Um, but, you know, in terms of this broad market, I'm just uh, – I don't know. It's, it, it make I'm not I'm not sure.
0: I already took an under on Montgomery's rushing yards. Um, oh. I think, Noonan. I think it's a little too high. Um, what would you get it at? I got it at a 1,000. Thousand. A 1,000 okay. and, a, a and a half. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was looking at that earlier on uh,
1: on DK. I think that's about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's we're like, just—he's gonna um, go over. I'm just telling you. you now, man, just because you bet the other.
0: Uh, yeah. sounds, like sounds like another uh, board bet here for sure. Because uh, uh, I'm, I'm not betting
1: on David Montgomery's prop. You know, I'm I'm willing oh, to lay. Uh, it up. Will you
0: take a stand? This is your boy.
1: You know what? Fine. All right. What do you want to bet on it? Let's go. I'm in. Well,
0: uh, what do we do? Last time was around the golf. We'll do dinner for. All right, uh, that's
1: fine. We'll do dinner. The first bet for those who didn't listen was I took Dolphins money line week one. He took the Pats money line. I know I'm getting a sucker bet there. And this one is what I'm taking over a thousand yards, and you're taking the under.
0: Yeah, I didn't even. It's not even that I like New England week one. I just I want. I think the Dolphins are making the playoffs. That was kind of really what my <laughs> was my bet, and we somehow parlayed it into a, a week one bet. But uh, you know, Connor for some reason thinks that she third bet. third is going MVP. Connor somehow thinks that third and fourth down uh, defensive metrics are sticky and that the Dolphins are going to lead the league in turnover rate again by, like, 5 or 6% and somehow get back to the playoffs. So
1: They we'll don't see. need to rehash this.
0: We'll see. Uh, Bears do have a unique schedule. They alternate home and road all season long, which is very, very bizarre. Uh, Connor highlighted some of the early season stuff. Their most difficult stretch comes really late. They uh, catch the Cardinals and Packers in back-to-back weeks, uh, both of those are off by, um, that's at home, those are home games, so you would think that those should be you know, better for them, that stinks, that there's, their opponents are coming off of a lot of rest, then they travel to Minnesota, Minnesota will have uh, 10 days worth of rest, because they'll be coming off of a Thursday night game, and then they head next week to Seattle, so it's a really tough stretch of being on the wrong side of of rest for a team that, uh, hopefully at that time of the year, is healthy, because otherwise they're going to be... In trouble um, how about Robinson I mean we're bullish on him uh, 1150 and a half receiving yards uh, we have him at 1247 uh, touchdown prop number again we kind of square but we talked about touchdown props uh, what are your thoughts there or comeette uh, or Mooney uh, Graham what are your thoughts on any of those props
2: yeah so I'll, I'll just say I've already got a Rob I've already got the over on a Rob um, you know last He's so
0: good years. man
2: yeah. He's just so consistent. I mean, you know, the last couple of years he's been right around, um, uh, you know, ten hundred, you know, 1050 yards. I think last year he had like a, you know, a little over 1100. Uh, I mean, if we're projecting an, a quarterback upgrade with fields and, and Dalton and we're projecting a Rob for the same role, which is, you know, uh, you know, alpha wide receiver, one 25, 28% target share. I mean, he could sleepwalk and hit the over on his prop. I think I got it at, um, I'd have to pull it up on my phone. I think I got it like a thousand. It was like a thousand and ninety yards or something like that. Um, that's 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 I mean, nice. Yeah, I, I love that. So I've I, I hit a Rob there pretty early, and um, yeah, man, it's just you know Mooney's Mooney's going to take a big step forward for sure this year. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's a Rob. It's the clear uh, the clear number one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Defensively is a mess. Kind of the same thing. Like front seven solid. Um, yeah, right. There are a lot of questions in the back half, though. Kyle, I Fuller, can't believe
2: they let Fuller leave, dude.
0: Yeah, I cannot
2: believe they let Fuller insane.
0: And didn't really do anything other than Desmond Trufant, who has played like forty five percent of the games in the last two years, was declining anyway. Um, you know, Jalen Johnson looked nice last year out of Utah. Like he slid, and that was a nice pick for them. Uh, but again, there's just not a lot at corner for them to really survive in this division, those matchups against Devontae Adams are going to be just, it's going to be destruction. Um, it's going to be a mess. So I know the front seven can be strong, but they'll need a lot out of Khalil Mack. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what they're doing. there. It's going to be a lot of shootouts. I think in the best case scenario, shootouts for the bears, I think the defense is going to be a problem. So uh, anyone think there's a chance that they even sneak into the playoffs here or or over on the seven and a half. Uh... Uh...
2: It'd be a stretch because I know you have to bake in that the uh the, one of those the, one of those wild card slots is gonna go to the NFC one of the NFC West teams, if not. Oh, yeah. So you yeah. gotta bake that in. And then you've got to bake in the Packers are heavy, heavy favorites. I think they should be much heavier favorites than they are. And then the Vikings are probably gonna take a big step forward. So I I, I think the Bears are man, it's slim. I, I think it be it should be a little stronger towards the uh towards them not making the playoffs there.
0: Yeah, best case scenario, they just get good production and grow moving forward with with fields and feel good about building stuff, uh, you know, coming up. Even though they still won't have all the draft picks to do so, at least they'll have finally the quarterback. And that answer is you need that answer moving forward. Like you, you, just have to have that guy. So, all right, Lions, wrap it up. Uh, five is the number, basically. Well, five is at Bet Rivers, which is nice uh, if you want to take shade under four and a half is the number almost everywhere else. Uh, the no and yes to make the playoffs irrelevant. You're not laying minus 1,200 for them to not make the playoffs. <laughs> this is not a playoff team. Uh, NFC Super Bowl not happening. Um, yeah, new look. Obviously, I know Connors ready to go on this one. Uh, new GM, new coaching staff. The Dan Campbell stuff is, you know, played out. We know the uh, he's he's a fun, entertaining listen. Uh, he's going to come in and basically be, I think, the CEO. You know, he's never coached. In the NFL, as it, you know, he had an interim role in Miami. He's never really been even a lead assistant. I uh, never coached in college per se. He's basically brought in a bunch of old school former players, hand in the dirt guys, to basically um, you know call plays on both sides of the football with Aaron Glenn on the defensive side, and you know Anthony Lynn comes over to call plays on the offense for Jared Goff, the new quarterback. So uh, Connor, thoughts on the Lions?
1: I think that – so I'm sure this comparison has been made before, but, like, Dan Campbell is, like, the Ted Lasso of the NFL. <laughs> um, and, you know, but the thing is is that everyone loves Ted Lasso. And I kind of like Dan Campbell now. Honestly, I, I think do too. He's kinda cool.
0: I think he's kind of awesome. Too. You know, like, his yeah. shit is
1: funny. But let's not forget that Ted Lasso still got re- relegated in his first year in the EPL. So you know what? This is going to happen to you. And you probably don't watch that show, Noonan. but I think you'd like I think you'd find it funny. I, did, Anyways, it's it's, yeah, it's I, I think it's
0: enjoyable. Yeah,
1: I think it's very wholesome. But yeah. – Anyways, I mean, in terms of actual football analysis here, uh, I mean, he was 5-7 as the interim in Miami. But then you realize Adam Gase was the coach next year with basically the same team and went 10-6 with that same exact team. So how much merit does that really put into it? Um, you know, like you said, went from Matthew Stafford to Jared Goff. Goff last three years. Sean McVay led the league in play-action rate. Anthony Lynn was 24th in play-action rate last season with the Chargers. Goff has been worse in EPA, completion rate, and yards per attempt without play-action rate. Um the receiving core is now the worst in the league, and now especially now that all of them are injured. So, going from Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola to Prashad Perriman, who's injured, Tyrell Williams is injured, and Khalif Raymond, who I think is okay, but it doesn't really matter anyways. Um, and then they have Amon Ross, St. Brown, who um, you know is probably going to be their leading receiver this year uh, outside of Hawkinson, um, which is not good when your two you know main receivers are going to be running routes that are you know six to seven yards uh, total, pretty much every single play. Um, their draft, I think was good. I uh, it was fine, but outside of Penny Sewell, I don't think it was that interesting. And you know, he played been football in a, uh a year and a half and they were 27th in adjusted sack rate. So really, I mean, he's going to probably bump them up to middle tier. Um, you know, I think that this is something that their defense is still so, so, so bad, uh, in like basically every area last third to last run defense. Um, and I'm sorry, 27th in adjusted sack rate on defense. They were a lot better on, on offense, but I still think that their, the rundown is their offensive line is going to be good. But I don't think it's going to be as elite as everyone's talking about. Their defense is still going to be terrible. Their offense, I just can't see how their offense is going to move the ball. Like, I just – I don't see it happening outside of running the ball. But any defensive coordinator with a pulse is just going to load the box and make Jared Goff beat them with who? Like, TJ Hawkinson every single play? Like, you can double that. I just think that this is such an easy look. And for Goff, like, I have no problem fading Goff at all. Um, Like, I think that it's the easiest fade ever. He was getting – plays right into the headset before the, the play for the first three years of his career. This guy couldn't even read a damn defense. I mean, this is just like, for me, this is like a smash. I've hit this lines under like three times. And then last little tidbit here, but I'll get off, you know, the soapbox um, 17 games next year. They play nine away, eight at home, three back-to-back road game scenarios in look ahead lines. They aren't favored in a single game. Uh, 11 of their games, they're an underdog by a touchdown or more. Um, and just, Two games as an underdog, even under a field goal. So enjoy betting over on five wins. Joey Kanish, enjoy your Lions winning like two games this year. Uh, I took some alt unders. I think, I legit think that they win maybe one or two games. Wow.
0: Oof. Yeah. Burial. Yeah. Under five, I bet Rivers is nice. Everywhere else is four and a half. I think, uh, again, there's a lot of leeway built into that. Graham, what are your thoughts on the Lions?
2: Yeah. I, uh, I, one of the first prop bets I made this year was under Jared Goff uh, passing yards. That, I think I caught like a skosh under four thousand. Um, I mean, you look at their schedule, man. Their first three games, they play the Niners, the Packers, and the Ravens. I mean, they're going to get freaking boat raced in those yeah, games. I mean, it's not it's not even going to be close in those games. It does get a little bit easier closer to their buy, but I mean, you know, they get the Rams mixed in this year. I mean, it's it's a brutal
0: schedule. Um, they're starting zero and five. They play yeah. all of these division yeah. foes on the road, yeah. and then it's San Fran and Baltimore. Yeah. like Oh, they, they have the Bears on the road to
2: start
1: the year, too?
0: Yeah, all three Ooh. of these other teams on the road, and then the, the uh, yeah. Ravens and Niners. Like, there they're, are
1: six-point dogs to the Bears on the road. The Bears. Like, you know, like, we don't even know yeah. who's starting quarterback Damn. for them at that point.
2: Yeah. My thing is, you know, the, the huge question mark here, too, is, like, Anthony Lynn, like, no he hasn't called in 20 his he's he's been in the nfl for 21 years right he's called plays once but it wasn't even as the oc it was because greg roman got fired uh, greg roman was with the bills in 2016 he got fired after a couple games because the bills were you started after uh, uh it was like right that season when rex ryan got fired bills were kind of a tanking ship the only time he's ever called plays is in 14 games in 2016 and they were like, if you adjust for game script, I mean, look at all the different game situations and neutral neutral scripts when they were ahead, when they were trailing. I mean, they were in the, among the top three teams and run rate. And yeah, sure, they had Tyrod Taylor, but I think that's that's Anthony Lynn's MO. I mean, there's been countless quotes, even dating back from like February when he got hired, that like, you got to have an emphasis on running the ball and stopping the run. It's just the same old, you know, uh, you know old school crap. It's like he was a I, running back. Yeah. He's a running back guy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, man, this, this team is uh, I, I, I hear you. And I love, I do actually love Dan Campbell. Did you guys see that, that uh, there's a, the conference this week press conference this week where he was like talking about what coffee he drinks. Oh my God. Yeah. Did you see that? He basically drinks like, Twelve hundred milligrams of caffeine. Every so, yeah,
0: someone yeah. shared. I forget where it was. Someone shared a like TikTok today on yep. Twitter of some Smoking guy it. trying to replicate it. Yeah, the guy I made it through. Too. Yeah, the guy yeah. made it through one, and he like away.
1: <laughs> Yeah, he's like just dying from anxiety in bed, and I'm like, oh man, that is so as a good. coffee
0: junkie. That's not what Dan Campbell does. He says he gets the Pike Place. So he gets actual hot coffee, not the iced coffee. But uh, uh, you know, ooh. the guy didn't do himself any favors. But yeah, that's a that's a lot of caffeine. That's why he was
2: talking about biting off kneecaps because he was so freaking jittery. He, he
0: was just <laughs> jacked shaking.
1: up on coffee. You know?
0: He's <laughs> a big boy too. I don't know if the guy that tried to do it was you know six five, you know two seventy, but you True. know Campbell's a, a former tight end in the league. He's a big boy. So, yeah, we know they want to run Graham right. So yeah. they also were telling us pretty consistently too about this like one A one B stuff. That it's going to be two guys. We talked about how Williams left Green Bay, Jamal Williams now in Detroit. We know DeAndre Swift is there. Both guys are, I think, you know, above average backs. We know that Swift is a better prospect. Both guys can catch the ball. You know, how do you see that shaking out?
2: Yeah, so I was talking to, um, we, had, we had Evan Silva on Scott Barrett and I's podcast today. We were talking through this whole situation. And uh, one of the points that I was saying is like, you know, Jamal Williams coming out of BYU and even last year with the Packers, is he got on the field because he's a great pass protector. And we know with these old school coaches, like even even though they're only pass protecting on like 15% of their snaps, they obsess over pass protection. And that's one big thing that's going to get Williams on the field with the Lions, man. I think that's a big part of the reason they brought him in. Um, You know, the question then becomes is like, you know, when Swift's on the field, he's probably going to be running routes on like 80 to 90% of those snaps to begin with. It's just how many of those snaps does he actually get? because Jamal Williams is, for better or worse, man, I mean, I, I feel like we're, we're going to be tilting this, but you know, Jamal Williams is going to play. He's going to play a lot. I, I don't know if it's it, – the big The big question for me is, like, is it 60-40 or is it truly, you know, 55-45 or 50-50? If it's 60-40, especially if the Lions just get stomped, like Swift's going to be the passing down back when they're in hurry-up mode in the, in the second half of these games. That's the big question, and I I, I really don't have a strong opinion either way.
0: Yeah, but he's going to get into the role more than swift owners would or swift yeah. backers in the prop market would want to. Connor, what are your thoughts on uh, – I know you talked about the you know, pass catchers uh, and being decimated. I think Brashard Perriman can be decent. He shouldn't be anyone's wide receiver one. But you know we've seen a little bit of the emergence in the last couple of years when he stays on the field. He's – at least I think a a league average contributor at the position again, should not be your, your wide receiver one. We're going to have a lot of Quintus Cephas and, you know, Khalil Raymond this year, which is kind of wild, but uh, any thoughts on the backfield?
1: Uh, I think that I, you know, admittedly it was probably a little too low on DeAndre Swift. I think he's still going to catch plenty of passes, Um, but I I think the props are, you know, more than adjusted for that. Um, You know, we have, we haven't projected rushing wise. We haven't projected for the under on 900 rushing yards. We met seven ninety four, and I think that with Williams playing a role and them probably not running late in games because they're never going to be winning, and you know, like they're going to want to run a lot early on. But then, like, how much does that force them? Like, you know, like that—that's kind of the argument that's been all season. Is that I see a lot of people drafting the like, Lions pass catchers and Lions like pr- promoting the Lions passing game, and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess that like they're not going to want to do that. But then, like, how quickly are they going to get there? Uh, to where they're going to have to pass. And that's always the struggle is that, like, the first quarter, they're just going to be, like, running the ball every play and have, like, you know, 10 to 20 passing yards. And then in the rest of the – maybe in garbage time, golf, you know, collects passing yards. But is that really something you want to bet on Uh, or, like, you know, bank on, I guess, like, week to week? Uh, I'm not really sure, especially with, like, how, like, inefficient I expect them to be. Uh, I mean, I think it's just, like – for me, it's just largely a stay away. But I think Swift is okay now that his ADP has fallen out of, like – it was, like, the second round at one point. You know, now he's, like – going like mid to late third at some points. And I think that's like fine, you know, but I, re- I really preser- prefer the receivers around there um, just in general. Uh, overall though, pass catchers just don't, don't take any of them. Just fade them all yeah. in my opinion.
0: I think Williams is an interesting buy. Similar we talked about earlier with AJ Dillon kind of in that, in a similar spot to in drafts. I think Dillon's going a little bit earlier, but I think they're both pretty useful in, in best ball in particular, where you don't have to necessarily pick the week. Um, you know there'll be different game scripts or different scenarios where they're both involved and have some upside, maybe a little bit more uh, at times, at least from a you know price standpoint than their counterparts. So we spend way too much time on the Lions. So uh, that wraps up the NFC North. Uh, Graham, favorite bet in this division.
2: Oh man, um, yeah, a Rob over on the on the receiving yards. Um, I, I was like I booked it a couple of weeks ago. I don't know what are the numbers at now, but I, I mean, it was crazy low. I think I got it at like 1050 or 1070 or something like that. But yeah, I'm on, I'm on a Rob and um, yeah, it's just one of those things where like if we're expecting Fields and Dalton to be much better than Trubisky and, you know, Foles last year. I mean, why wouldn't we be on, you know, an aggressive A-Rob prop? So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. The, The rest of this division is tough though, man. Like, it's it's really tough because the Packers are such such heavy favorites. Vikings have super condensed passing, you know, uh, super condensed offense. Lions are
1: garbage, so <laughs> it's just it's it's tough. It's tough.
0: Connor, what's your favorite bet that's still out there on the board? I know you got some stuff that's probably gone at this point.
1: Yeah, most of it. I mean, I feel bad talking about all the stuff that's been gone. I like that Allen Robinson one though too. It's something that made me feel better actually about it. You know, this week they're talking about how much like Dalton loves Allen Robinson. And for me, that kind of makes me more, feel more secure in that, like, the first few weeks, or, you know, maybe if Dalton lasts till the bye, God forbid, you know, that, that Robinson is still going to be seeing, you know, like seven, eight, nine targets a game, uh, which is, I think, is pretty important to stabilize value until Fields gets there, where, you know, he might need fewer targets, but just because of, like, Fields' playmaking ability, that, um, you know, he'll be able to make up for it with efficiency. So, yeah, I, I like that a lot. Uh, I mean, just hit the under on every under lines, but you can. You know, I'm not going to go into more why, but just, you know, everything you see. Um, just bang the drum. And if I'm wrong, you know, feel free to enter my mentions because I will also be, you know, crying because I've lost, you know, multiple mortgages <laughs> on it. So uh, no worries. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The dominant stuff that you got offshore is, is, insane, but I still still think the numbers may be a little too high considering just his inability to stay on the field for 16 games. The position itself is just a, a, a tough one to stay out there. He just has those little nicks here and there. They seem to, lean on the side of caution, because they do have some depth at the position, and they're not afraid to be like, all right, we're gonna just go with you know Madison for the week and, and let you rest your hammy, which seems inevitable at some point where he you know, has a groin strain or a hammy or something that happens with Delvin Cook all the time. So a little bit of a long shot at the top I talked about. I, I really think that that 6-1 on the Packers to win the NFC is a number that I might get down on before the season starts, because, again, I think that there are some outs of the, pack, the Vikings that scare me a little bit, um, and they are really – I feel like they definitely the second-best team on paper here in this division. And if that gets even easier for the Packers, again, just getting to the playoffs, similar to the Bucks, like that path just gets really easy, and, and instantly you have to worry a little bit less about going to the Super Bowl uh, if you know that you're definitely going to the playoffs. So, um, And I think Graham highlighted at the top, minus 145 at win bet for them to win the division is pretty light as well. So. Graham, you are the man. Super appreciate you coming on. Tell the folks where they can find your stuff and all the stuff going on over at Fantasy Points this season.
2: Sure. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. This is a, a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, just uh, I've loved what you guys are doing. I've been trying to catch these as much as I can. So uh, just happy to be a part of it. But yeah, um, yeah. Follow the site uh, at Fantasy Points. Uh, we've just got you know so much content coming out. we literally just wrapped up our you know, team-by-team previews yesterday uh, Texans were the last team. We were waiting on the Packers too. Uh, so we were waiting on that. Um, and if you want to, you want to check out the site, um, right now, I mean, we're running a a really nice special. You get 10% off, uh, code 21 barfield, 10, get you 10 bucks off, uh, come get some projections, whatever. And, you know, I think honestly between us for four, man, I mean, it's like the two best projections that you could possibly get. So it's all you need uh, that's all it, literally all you need to, to go into your draft or, or whatever you're doing this offseason in terms of your prop betting you know playing best ball going into your home league whatever you're doing i think that's uh the best values you can get into those two sites
0: awesome graham's got some new best ball rankings and tiers out there as well i think just popped out too so folks want to check that out as well so uh that wraps us up we'll be back next week to do it again again we're getting we're getting close we're getting close to the season oh. so uh, we can we can taste it. We got Vegas uh, on the cusp for week one. Um, we're just we're getting there, so we're excited. So uh, for Graham and Connor, I'm Ryan. Uh, we'll see you again soon.